Hi everyone, it's <laughs> forgot what I was gonna say there. Hi everyone, it's Derek and <laughs> I forgot my own name. <laughs> and the podcast name. <laughs> Start again. Hi everyone, it's Derek from the I Ready Podcast. <laughs> Derek, where are you of it? I think that's the batch reaction. Hi folks and welcome to the next episode of the I Ready Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh, Sorry Come on, get again, a grip pick. on yourself man You're supposed to be professional I'm married I need to get a grip on myself <laughs> Exactly <laughs> You're at that, that stage already Derek Aye uh, right? well Pregnant <laughs> wife enough <laughs> You won't be doing that That's your setting That's you That's you mate And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue You've never seen anything like it Hi everyone and welcome to the next episode of the I Ready Podcast. As ever, I'm your host Derek and with me is my co-host Dave. How are you doing Dave? I'm very well Derek, how are you mate? You didn't sound it there, Dave. You're off, off a glum. Off a glum. I think it's just a lot of tension and a lot of reflection on the game last night. I'm still a wee bit annoyed about certain things, but we will get into that. So we've got one good game to speak about and one not-so-good game to speak about, haven't we? Yeah. Par for the course these days, yeah, isn't it? it is, yep. Yeah. So we'll go down the tunnel and onto the pitch. So the first game we've got to cover is on Saturday the 1st of October. It was an emphatic 4-0 win away against Hearts in the Premiership. A really, really good result, Dave. Fantastic result, Derek. And we do historically have a good history playing at Tyne Castle. So I was actually, I was looking forward to it. I thought this is a chance for us to get a decent result, score some goals. And thankfully, that's exactly what happened, Derek, wasn't it? Yes, delighted. Um, decent performance. Not a vintage performance by any means, but certainly it was a decent one nonetheless, aided by a red card, which we'll get into. Yep. So we made two changes from the Dundee United game. We lined up McGregor, Tavernier, Goldson, Davies, Barisic, Lundstrom, Jack, Arfield, Matondo, Ken and Cholak. On the subs bench, we had McLaughlin, Ridvan, Davis, Sands, Morelos, Wright, Sakala, King and Tillman. Now, obviously a big surprise with uh, Matondo starting, as well as Davies getting a run out. That's right, Derek. We've all, you know, it's a guy that we've paid a lot of money for. Well, we've paid, we've paid a lot of money for both, but we've paid a lot of money for Davies. He's been out for a while. There's been various reports as to why he was out, but, uh, you know, he's back. We've been looking forward to this, uh, getting him in, into the team. And as you're about to get into it, Derek, I actually thought he looked pretty decent until he went off. Yeah, absolutely. So, the first half, it was a very good first half. I wouldn't say we dominated it, but we definitely had the better of it, although the game was a bit end-to-end at times. I missed the first five minutes because I was away out. Cumbernauld was an absolute nightmare on Saturday morning, taking me an hour to get to Tesco's and back. Shocking. Absolutely terrible. Shocking death. I know. Complaint, complaint in the post. I was only going for beer as well. It was the best. <laughs> <laughs> so, but as soon as I turned the computer on, got the stream up, we scored the goal on the sixth minute, and it was none other than that goal machine. Cholak's gone. 
who needs Haaland when you've got Cholak in the team, eh? Exactly. <laughs> uh, it was a long ball up from our defence, initially headed away by the Hearts defence. They couldn't clear it. It was a pass to Kent on the left, a lovely cross into the back post, and a stunning placed header by Cholak into the back of the net. It was all down to the cross, Derek. That's what we've been looking for. We've been criticising Kent you know, all season, Derek, that he's not been putting the crosses in, he's always seems to tr- be cutting back on his right foot, going for the shot every single time. And this was one of the, you know, the, the first time in ages that he's actually just kept it on his left foot and put a decent cross into the box. And there's what happens, Derek. It was inch perfect. Cholak didn't even have to jump. He just had to stand his ground and angle it and, into the net. And, you know, absolutely fantastic move and great goal. Yeah, beautiful execution all round. Hart's best chance did come on the 10th minute, probably the best chance of the, the game, I would have said, where it was a shot from them after skipping past a couple of our players. It was hit at pace and it was a decent save from McGregor and that's about as best as it got for, for Hearts, yep. I think. Yep. Arfield in the half had a number of chances, but he couldn't get it on target. I've said all along, I think he's better coming off the bench. Yeah. He's not an out-and-out striker, so you, in some respects you can be forgiven, but he's one of the, the kind of forward-thinking players, so you need, need him to be doing better, at least get it on target, which we weren't doing. 100% Derek, we've said it loads of times, he seems to be a, he's a fantastic impact sub to bring on, especially if we're trying to you know, find a goal, and like you, I prefer him to be on the bench and coming on in, in the latter stages of the game. Yep. Hearts were passing the ball about quite well, quickly getting forward, had a few balls across our box into our defence, but our defence crowded the ball out and it was cleared whether that was by design or just by a bit of luck along with that, I don't know, but certainly we we done the job in defence anyway. Yep. And then on the 30th minute, we went 2-0 up with Cholak getting a brace. It was a lovely long crossfield ball by Lundstrom, a stunning ball. He was in defence, to the right side to Matondo. Matondo drives it forward, cuts in at the edge of the box, threads a lovely through ball into the on-running Cholak, who slides it past the keeper at a tight angle. Just all around beautiful. Absolutely fantastic. And summed up, that ball was summed up perfectly by McCoy's Derek, where he says it came straight out of the one o'clock gun. <laughs> it was an absolutely stunning long ball, straight on his feet. You know, the ball played in, and there was Cholak with an absolutely clinical finish, Derek. Really, really top, top play by Cholak there to find it. And it calmly as well. It wasn't even a snapshot. You know, as soon as the ball got in front of him, you saw what he'd done, and he placed it perfectly underneath Gordon in the back of the net. An absolutely fantastic. Goal. That's it. Give him the chance and he'll score. That's yep. the, that's the way he plays. And the next thing here, I wouldn't say it was the turning point of the game because we're two 0 up at that point anyway. But it's certainly a major factor in it. On the thirty eighth minute, a straight red card for the Hearts player. Matondo was shielding the ball at the touchline with the Hearts player right on his back, and Devlin comes thundering in that pace and stands right on the, the ankle of Matondo. It looked as if he had dragged his leg down his, his the back of his calf, ended up standing his ankle. An absolute horrendous challenge, completely unnecessary, and the complete correct decision by the referee as well. Nielsen was going mad on the touchline but he's since I think he's since kind of yeah. conceded that yeah there was no need yep. for that at all. A hundred percent Derek it was right in front of the dugout there was no need for it at all and I'll be honest with you Matondo is a, a lucky boy that he's escaped with a serious injury there because it was an absolute shocker. Yep. 
46 minute, you've went from the, the good referee into the, the bizarre because in the 46 minute, we had the ball in the back of the net just before half time. Craig Gordon lost the ball, dived into Matondo, got part of the ball as well. The ball then fell to Arfield, who then put the ball into the back of the net. The goal was chopped off because it was deemed a foul on Craig Gordon. <coughs> It was Gordon that dived into Matondo. Exactly. There was nobody near Gordon. There was no, no nobody at his back, Derek. He made an absolute fluff of the ball coming in, and it was him that was all over the top of Matondo. Absolutely ridiculous decision by the referee, and it should have been 3 none at that point. Even Hugh Keevans apparently said the goal should have oh been well. so. You know. There you go, enough said. <laughs> so that was that's how the half rounded out. It should have been obviously 3-0 in game, completely done. But, you know, set hearts with an uphill battle in the second half. We just needed to keep it tight. But yep. we needed to be mindful it's only 2-0. And just like the, the week previously against Dundee United, we can't let them back in, get a quick goal, and that would have, you know, basically yeah. ended everything. But arguably, we made heavy weather of it, I would have said. In the second half, we never really got out of second gear. We definitely dropped the pace, which was disappointing to see because, as I said, we could have killed the game off quicker, gave a few players a rest, gave a few youngsters a a wee game as well, or arguably set down a marker and go for the the jugular and claw back some of that goal difference. But that said, we're never really in any danger of losing a goal. I don't honestly think McGregor had anything to do in the second half. No, not that I can remember, Derek. And, you know, the fact that he had taken Davies off, and I think we were all hoping that, you know, there wasn't any any kind of injury. Obviously, there wasn't. He was obviously keeping him for the Champions League game. He had picked up a booking as well. So he took him off there because I actually thought that Davies and Goldson looked really, really good in the first half. You know, there was nothing troubling them at all. And when he went off, I thought, oh, Maybe a bit dodgy, Hearts might come back into it. But as you say, Derek, Hearts never really created anything in the second half and we were very comfortable at the back. Yeah. As you said there, Davies and Jack came off, Sands and Davis came on at half-time. I think it's been clarified that was because he was on a booking as well. Yeah. So I don't know why even that, because he needed the minutes. I suppose it's hindsight looking at this, Hearts never really troubled us. So I suppose at the time we were not to know that. Yeah. The best chance of the half for Hearts, though, came on the 48th minute with a free header from a corner, but they hit it wide. I think it was Andy Halliday who hit it wide, but unlucky that there from them. Mindful that we still, they, they, they could have posed a danger. Yep. Another bit of bizarre refereeing on the 60th minute where we played the ball forward in our half. The ball hit the referee, but it went right to our player. We still retained possession. We were allowed to play the ball into the Hearts box, and then the referee stops the game. Now, by the letter of the law, correct decision that had hit the referee it had to be given back to us in possession in a, in a kind of almost dropped ball situation but why let the play rage on for 30 seconds when we got yeah. into a good position in their box really really bizarre especially yeah. when we had the advantage don't get it at all Yep, very strange, Derek. Made substitutions on the 62nd minute. Arfield and Cholag off, Tillman and Morelos on. From there, we didn't really have any chances until round about the 75th minute. Hearts maybe were tiring uh, at that point as well. And then we eventually got the, the, the goal that sealed it on the 76th minute with none other than Morelos scoring. The ball was on the right, cut in by Davis to Morelos on the edge of the box. A back heel flick to Tavernier, a slight break of the ball. Tavernier stabs it back to Morelos on the right side of the box who blasts it into the near post past the keeper. Bit of fortune with the wee back heel and the break of the ball, but a great execution by Morelos to, to finish it in at the back of the net. 
Yep, a vintage goal by Alfredo Morelos, Derek. If he gets a sniff, you know that he's going to absolutely thunder it and Gordon had absolutely no chance. Great finish by Alfredo and great to see him back on the goal-scoring sheet because, you know, I, I think he was needing it. Confidence is obviously down and with a big game coming up, uh, you know, I think it was great for him just, just to get back in and score a goal there. Absolutely. 78th minute with Tondo off Sakala on and we fully rounded out the game on the 91st minute when finally Ryan <laughs> Kent scored a goal and made it 4-0. The ball was worked right to left from the halfway line, past the Kent in the box, a step over, cuts inside, shoots from around 15 yards at an angle. You've seen him do it all the time and finally this one nestled right at the bottom right hand corner. A fantastic finish, finally. <laughs> It was, Derek. You know, Ryan Kent, if at first you don't succeed, try, 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 <laughs> try, try again. The same thing over and over and over. It had to happen at one point. I do I do get Derek. He, he is a great player, but he's very one-dimensional, and that's what annoyed me because the, the, the first goal that we scored just showed you that if he was to actually get down and put a cross in, we could get some joy from it. But again, delighted for him that he scored because, you know, he's been low in confidence as well, and good for him to get, uh, you know, a goal at that stage too. Yes, absolutely. So that's how the game rounded out. An emphatic victory, a good performance. And, you know, certainly considering that Hearts were the third best team, or they were the third best team last year, they were sitting third before this. Robbie Nielsen giving out all those big licks in the the media beforehand. We We are going to be second by the end of the game. You know, that's what happens. You should maybe keep your mouth shut when it comes to things like that. Yep, it was. It, it was an excellent performance, Derek. It was great for us to go out and score a lot of goals as well. There was an opportunity there for, you know, the manager, we're 2-0 two, we're up against 10 men to finally try playing Cholak and Alfredo up front. But again, did didn't they take it, Derek? I find that quite puzzling. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, that's the, the the one disappointing thing for me, but we've been told in the press conferences that two up front doesn't seem to be in the, the wheelhouse of the, the manager. Maybe after what happened last night, maybe it really needs to, something needs to change because we, we don't really have a, a set style of play, do we? Apart from playing one no. up front, so... And the thing that gets me, Derek, is both strikers are very, very different. They're not, you know, similar. Cholak is strictly a penalty box striker and a good one at that, whereas we all know that Alfredo likes to come back when the ball uses, you know, his, his physicality, he loves grappling with defenders, causing a nuisance. I think the two of them would be perfect up front together, I really do. But as you say, the manager doesn't fancy it at all and it looks as if we're not going to get to see it happening. No, disappointing. But anyway, we'll move on now to last night's game, which was Tuesday the 4th of October. It was away to Liverpool at the Champions League Group A Game 3, where we lost 2-0. So we'll get into the game in a second, but beforehand, the manager and Tavernier laid a wreath at the Hillsborough Memorial at Anfield on the morning of the game. Very, very nice touch that from the club. Sir Alex Ferguson again in the stands watching us, so yep. you know needs to needs to go to Ibrox and Liverpool to watch Champions League football this year. <laughs> That's right, Derek. Yeah, you can bet your bottom dollar he would be, he was cheering us on regardless. Yep. So, <laughs> and uh, amazingly, given you know the the links to, to, between our club, this is the first competitive fixture between yep. the clubs. 
crazy. I find, I find that quite strange as well. When I heard that as well, Derek, obviously we've played them loads of times in friendlies, testimonials and stuff like that, but quite strange to think that this is the, the, the first time that they'd ever played each other in a competitive game. Yep, and my first ever game at Ibrox was against Liverpool for the Watersmith testimonial as well. Go, Derek, fantastic. So, Dave, into the game. Right, the, the lineup that Gio picked for the game was obviously McGregor and goals, Tavernier, Lundstrom, Goldson, Davis, Kent, Morelos, Davies, Barisic, King and Tillman. So going, Derek, with uh, five at the back, sort of two holding midfielders, Tillman on the right, Kent on the left and Alfredo starting up front. So obviously going out to try and stifle Liverpool as much as possible, but uh, hoping that we could hold out as long as we could and maybe spring a surprise, but... It didn't pan out, did it, Derek? So, <laughs> into the game, uh, in the third minute, it was an early chance for Liverpool. This was, you know, showing us what was to come. Leon King with a tackle at the edge of the box, but he couldn't manage to get it away. The ball fell to the Liverpool player, shot just inside, a great save by McGregor out from the corner. And then on the seventh minute, Derek, it was 1-0 to Liverpool. Davies with a foul on the edge of the box, and it was a foul, we've got no gripes whatsoever, uh, up steps Alexander-Arnold, he steps up and fires on a fantastic free kick right into the top corner of the net, you can't get a better free kick than that Derek, I can't see anything about the, the wall or the goalkeeper or anything, it was just an excellent uh, an excellent free kick, wasn't it? I mean, opposite postage stamp I suppose when you look at it that way but yeah it was as much in the corner as you you could have got McGregor he, maybe a wee bit off his line but I don't think he was getting to that anyway it was just perfectly executed and from a player who was coming in for a lot of stick over the last few weeks as well what a yeah. way to, to answer these critics that way I know and you know the worst start for us the, the one thing we didn't want to do was concede in the sort of first two, 20 minutes because after that it was just an onslaught really Attack after attack after attack, you know, uh, Salah gets a chance at the edge of the box, a low curling shot, another fantastic save by uh, McGregor out for the corner. Um, but then from the 15 minute up until about the 34th, Liverpool having all the ball, we couldn't seem to hold on to the ball, string any passes together, but we were remaining compact at the back, it was about the 34th minute, a long ball in, into the box, N Nunes controls it, he's one and one with McGregor, we thought it was going to be number two, but a fantastic save by McGregor, a minute later another incredible save by McGregor, this time for, for Luis Diaz when he cuts inside, then John Lundstrom who it was booked for a foul and Jota in, in, in the middle of the park Derek he looked really frustrated as well you could tell that he was you know desperate for you know something to happen in this game with him being a big Evertonian and all his family be, be, being in there but there was no complaints about that it was a yellow card all, all day long wasn't it yeah, that's unfortunately was. And then just r rounding out the first half, you know, it was just basically Liverpool versus Alan McGregor. What was it? <laughs> that he pulled off another incredible save from Nunes, who much must absolutely hate him for the chances that he had. This was from short distance as well. Low shot, great save again. And then again, Nunes, he rifles a shot for the edge of the box and another incredible save by Alan McGregor. And that's how it, it rounded out at half time, Derek. 1-0 from the free kick, but really one-way traffic. 
we couldn't get any passing going at all. We had no uh, no chances whatsoever in the, f- the, the the first half, and really, it was looking as if it was going to be a long, long night, wasn't it? I mean, as I said in the post-match, the sitting back and it has been so passive that it makes you question the mentality of the team. Again, as I said, I don't think anybody really expected to win, but expected an effort. And for some of the players, we didn't seem to be even getting that. McGregor apart, obviously. I think as well, though, as it was shown that undoubtedly Liverpool are a step above and I think this campaign so far has shown that the Champions League is a step above. It's not just going into another competition with a wee bit more money. But I expected an effort from the players, yeah. and we never got that. Yep. And into the second half, Derek, and again, seven minutes in, must be a thing about seven minutes into the game, because in the, the seventh minute, into the second half, so the 52nd minute, uh, Liverpool were awarded a penalty, and it was a it was a penalty. King tried to, to to get the ball from the Liverpool attacker. He gets his his leg right in front of him. You know there was caught contact there. He goes down in the box. Penalty to Liverpool. Salah steps up, scores from the spot. So two 0 from there. And again, we're thinking to ourselves, what can the management do to try and change this? Because it was one way traffic at that time. And then again, much of the same, the 59th minute jotter with a thunderous shot, which was heading for the top corner. Alan McGregor pulls off an absolutely stunning save, Derek. I don't I mean, it, it was it was hit at such force and it was it was a perfect shot. And in any other day of the week, that's heading in. And it was just an incredible save. But it was a save that didn't have to be made because it was from Tilton trying to tackle and then the ball breaking to Jota, so a sort of half-hearted t- tackle by Tillman, picked up by Liverpool onto Jota, but uh, absolutely sensational save, Derek. Yeah, I mean, the, the man just keeps doing it and doing it, doing it even though he's 40, yeah. and, you know, technically our, meant to be our second <clears throat> keeper just now. Yeah. So, so uh, a couple of subs in the 66 minute, Jack and Sakala came on, uh, for Davis and Tillman and then probably the first half chance that we had and it took Fashion Sakala to come on and actually try to do something Derek he, I mean, he, I think he was the only player at that stage who actually looked as if he wanted the ball, he runs at, at the Liverpool defence, gets some space, hits a shot, unfortunately for him, past the post then Cholak comes on for Alfredo Morelos on the 73rd minute Alfredo, no, no service at all you could see he was trying to get in Trying to win some some balls when when there was the odd chance of the ball breaking, but you know could do nothing. Eighty first minute, Matondo and Kamara in for Kent and Davies, and then the first real chance for Rangers on the eighty fifth minute. Rabi Matondo, you know, great play by him. He was uh, you know a one two, gets down the wing. Gets into the box with the ball, beats the Liverpool player at a tight angle. He shoots, and there's a goal line clearance. Sakala was at the back post, just ready to, to tap it in. But the Liverpool defender managed to get in with a great goal line clearance from there, uh, and that was out for the corner. And then from that corner, the ball, and again, fashion goes up for the header. It hits the Liverpool defender straight to Cholak. We thought he was going to burst the net, but again, unfortunately, the Liverpool defender managed to get a block in there. So, you know, the first chances for Rangers were only five minutes of the game left. 
And then again, the 90th minute, another fantastic chance for Cho. I can we expect him, you know, to be, you know, he's scoring it well in Scotland. But uh, this one, if he'd have taken his chance first time after Matondo had br- broke down and a low pass straight through to him, he didn't take it first time. And as I say, it was cleared downfield to Salah, who then runs into our box and hits a low shot. And it was saved by McGregor. So that's how the game finished, Derek. And there's no complaints, but like what you said, Derek, the biggest the biggest thing for me was there just didn't seem to be any fight there. This was a Champions League game against Liverpool, and I honestly don't care what team it is that we're playing. A game of this significance, you would think that every single one of your players would have been well up for that game. You would have thought that the tackles would have been flying, and you would have thought they'd been going for every ball, making it incredibly difficult for Liverpool, trying to get them to stop playing, and there was just nothing, Derek, wasn't there, apart from Alan McGregor, and I'll say Conor Goldson, who I thought had a decent game, Derek, but the rest of the team just looked completely out of it, uninterested, and again, no fight. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to be realistic with, with my expectations here, because Liverpool are undoubtedly one of the best teams in the world at the moment. You know, they were in the Champions League final last year. They won the Champions League a couple of seasons ago. They won the English Premiership a couple of seasons ago as well. Their team is worth something like £800-odd million, whereas us, a fraction of that. They are undoubtedly the best team we have come up against in our European exploits over the last few years. They were undoubtedly better than us, which made us look really bad. But at the same time, as you said, and as I've said before, I felt we never put the effort in that we should have. And we've seen it in flashes. The last kind of five minutes of the game where we got the couple of chances, I'm actually going to put that down to more that Liverpool switched off um, than than we actually were were any good in putting them under any pressure. It was a massive step up. I think everybody was expecting us not to go in and win and, and do great or anything like that in the Champions League this season. But I think we've all underestimated how difficult it was going to be. Champions League's not set up for, for teams like us, for leagues like us. They're set up for the, the Liverpools, the Man Cities, the Barcelonas of this, this world. They're not set up for us. And as I mentioned in the post-match last night, is this is kind of now getting to the stage of how I felt in the 90s watching Rangers in the Champions League by just getting obliterated by teams because we just never had the quality and that was when it was a wee bit more realistic we had a chance in the Champions League. I want us to win a European competition in my lifetime and I never thought that would happen but when you look at 2008, last year, the Europa League is our level. And I would much rather have a good run in the Europa League than getting absolutely pummeled like this in the Champions League. I know we want to be playing in the elite competitions and we want to improve to get there. But when the gulf in money is that big, I don't ever see us going to be of that quality. No, I'm completely different to you on that stage, Derek. Maybe just because I've had a wee bit extra time watching our club in Europe. I've seen us have some fantastic teams and have some really, really poor defensive displays in Europe and 
been beaten by teams that we shouldn't have been beaten against in Europe. I've watched it loads of times. I watched us getting beat by the likes of AK Athens and Sparta Prague and things like that and no, no even get into the Champions League. I do think we should be playing in the Champions League, Derek. I think we're a, a big enough club to do so. I know you're talking about the gap, uh, you know, the millions and millions of pounds, but I'm sure the teams like uh, Dynamo Zagreb that beat Chelsea a few, a few weeks ago you know, they. You know, you, you can't say that we are that they are anything close to the size of the club that we are either, and yet they managed to to put up a performance. It's one-off performances, Derek, against these teams, and I'm looking for so much more from my team. I'm really, you know, and I, 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 I get what you're saying with the, the, the amount of money that's getting pl- played and stuff like that. But we could have made so much more in certain games, and we didn't. And it seems to be that our players have got a very negative mindset when it comes to playing against these teams. And I don't know if it stems for the management or not, but I'm expecting a lot more, Derek. I really am. And as I say, I just think in any team with a bit of guile last night would have put Liverpool under a lot more pressure than what we did. And I believe that we should have put them under a lot more pressure, but it didn't happen. So I, I, I disagree. I know it's great playing in the, the, the Europa League, Derek, but half the teams that we've played in the last couple of seasons are all Champions League teams now. Do you know what I mean? And we've beaten them all. We've, we've beaten all these teams. We've beaten Leipzig. We've beaten Dortmund. We've beaten Porto. We've beaten Benfica. We've beat all these teams and they're all Champions League teams now. That is the level that we should be at and we've beat all these teams in the last few seasons. So we should not be going out and crumbling like we do and as badly as we have been over the last few games. I'm sorry. Yeah, right. In the respect of we should be playing a lot better than this, we sh- we do have the ability at times, but I mean, it was a different set of circumstances. Yes, they were Champions League teams, but they were playing in the Europa League. I mean, the, the gap's only going to get bigger, especially with the-, the way they're going to rearrange the Champions League for next year as well. And as I said, I want to win a competition. And last year, I think we've proven it's within our grasp for one of them. It's going to take people like the SPFL not to shortchange our league so we get shit TV deals. That's that's the kind of things that we're talking about here. It's going to take a monumental shift or it's going to take something like a conglomerate of Saudi businessmen to come in like Newcastle or a, a, a rich Arab sheikh like they've got at, at Man City. I don't want that for my club, to be honest, then we become a soulless club just like them. But There's a lot. We could talk about this, Derek. I'm not to, talking about my team being up there as being w- one of the favourites to win the Champions League. I just want my team to be in the Champions League to have a realistic chance or at least a fighting chance a uh, qualifying. And we've done it before in the past where, you know, it'd be, it'd be fair to Alec McLeish's team know the best team in the world, but it was all down to, you know, determination. We had a few outstanding players, but the rest, it was down to hard, hard work, Derek, you know, with the the, the season that that we got through, you know, against Inter Milan and when we beat Porto and stuff like that. And I know it was a few years ago, but it takes that to get through these games. It takes being really difficult to beat at home and, you know, put put up big performances in certain games and things like that. And we're just not getting that just now for, for the players that we've got and it's I, I don't think it's beyond the the, the realms you, you know that, that that we can go and we can win two or three games in the Champions League or you know win two, two games and draw two, two games it's it's not against us so I, again I'm 
I've maybe just just been watching us too, you know a long time, but I've just think that we could do a hell of a lot better, Derek. And I, I don't think it's just this matter of we're not the standard because the league has been a lot worse and we've done better in Europe, especially in the Champions League. And it takes Champions League money for us to evolve and to get to a higher level. So we need to be playing in the Champions League, Derek. But I just want more effort for the players. Well, we'll see what happens next week when we play Liverpool then at home. Exactly, yep. Yep. So, in relation to that, in the league table, we have played 8-1-6, drawn 1, lost 1, scored 20, conceded 8, goal difference plus 12 on 19 points. Still in second place, 2 behind Celtic. We've slightly clawed back the goal difference, only 11 behind them now as well. (laughs) We're 4 ahead of St Mirren. Yes. In the Champions League group stage, we have played 3-1-0, drawn 0, lost 3, scored 0, conceded 9, minus 9 goal difference, 0 points. Sitting on 4th, 3 behind Ajax. They got absolutely pummeled off Napoli uh, last night. I am not looking forward to that Napoli game. No, uh, it's going to be a difficult one, Derek. But again, I think it all comes down to the belief in certain players the you know the, the the way that the game you know goes out i just i'm just looking Derek obviously i'm you know i've got no expectations about us going through in any any way at all now not not even third so if the pressure's off i just want to see a bit of belief for players go out, score a few goals and actually put in some decent performances for now on that's what i'm looking for well I think even when we started this whole European campaign with Gerrard's, it was his second season, that's the only thing I ever wanted is not to disgrace herself. And we certainly haven't in terms of up until this season. I wouldn't say we're disgracing ourselves, but we're showing that there's a massive, massive gulf in, in there. And I felt Klopp was a wee bit patronising there last night as well, saying there wasn't a gulf. There, there, there is. Yeah. When, you're, when you're talking about the difference in transfer funds, it's a massive gulf. So, But anyway, as we've rambled on for that for a wee while, we have games to come. We are playing at St Mirren at home on Saturday, the 8th of October, this Saturday come in. That's in the Premiership. That's a three o'clock kickoff. Then it's, as I said, Liverpool on Wednesday the 12th of October in Game 4 of Group A. That's an 8 o'clock kickoff again. Sunday the 16th of October, that's away to Motherwell in the Premiership. That's a midday kickoff. And then Wednesday the 19th of October, that's at home to Dundee in the League Cup. And that's a quarter past eight kickoff. Really, as I was said in a previous podcast, really stupid time. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> So we'll now go into the news. So, Dave, very, very little to cover in the news oh, this week. Yeah, for a change. Yeah, that's what happens when you only leave it six days between podcasts. <laughs> is that a wee dig at me, is it, mate? No, it's just saying <laughs> what we've got our finger out for a change. I know because uh, the, the next pod that comes after this will be a, 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 a few weeks' time. <laughs> so, uh, the very few bits of news we've got to cover is it was said in the, the various press conferences over the last week John Souter, Yanis Hadji, Philip Hellander, and Tom Lawrence all out until after the World Cup. It turned out it's another injury for Lawrence and it's not the same one he was originally out for. So, just absolutely dire, Dave, isn't it? It is, and Derek, out of all the new signings, I mean, apart from Cholak, Lawrence was a player who I really, really liked. I thought he gave us a complete different dimension. 
he could score goals. He was exactly the type of player that we were looking for in midfield. And to lose him so early on is a massive blow for us. And we were all thinking it would only be a few weeks. But again, you know, really, really, really bad for him, really bad for us and, and for the club. So we hope... We hope that he comes back completely re- rejuvenated and, you know, but back in, into the team. The rest of them, again, John Suter, this is just, you know, seems like an absolute nightmare. The fact that, you know, he did have his injury problems and he brought in, he only played one game. I'm getting shades of uh, Oleg Kuznetsov all, all over again with, with him. And uh, again, the likes of Hadji, big time player, we've missed him as well, Derek. And, Hollander, we've spoken about him as well. So four players that could all be playing in the first team and making a huge difference for us and all all out, Derek. So uh, it's really, really disappointing. Yeah, especially with Lawrence and Hadji being creative attacking players as well. You know, that's a, a good outlet. Yeah. I mean, what what's really strange since Geo's came in is he's been very cloak and dagger about injuries. Now, Suter, still don't know what his injury is. You know, yeah. I think a broken foot. Hadji, obviously, we, we do know about that happened before he came in. Hellander, we, we've never heard about him for ages. And then Tom Lawrence, we're only just now finding out that he's picked up another injury. So... And then obviously there was the issues with Tavernier uh, in the old firm game. You know he was he was fine, everything was fine. Oh, he's been playing through an injury for the last couple of weeks. You know, and he's, he's not the first time he said that as well. I just don't understand the cloak and daggerness about it. I can get why he's maybe want to play mind games with with opposition managers to make him second guess who's going to be playing. Understand that part of it, but you know. With the effective lies that we're getting told about certain players, just I'm, I'm not liking that side of it. No, de- definitely not, Derek. And as I say, it leaves us second guessing. I know you're saying it's maybe mind games, but we as fans like to know what's happening with the players as well. And, you know, we're getting told nothing. Yeah. Next thing here is Roy Mackay has been seen back in training. So obviously he was had a, he was granted compassionate leave, as I've said in the last podcast. So I'm glad to see that he's back yep. in training. Hope all is well. Yes. And the last piece of Rangers news I've got here is that Stuart Robertson has stated that we are in talks with Morelis and Ken over extending their contracts as they're both out of contract in the summer. Dave, I'm going to be honest, I know your thoughts on Morelis, but I think both of them should be given a year's extension and we should just try to punt them. I'm not just saying this because we've got another goal machine in Cholak here, but I think Morelis, with everything that's happened over the past six months with him, he's constant failing to learn with stuff. And then Kent, he just hasn't shown it. He really hasn't. He, he, as you said before, he's a one-trick pony. Step over, cut in, hit the shot. It was great at the start when he was doing it. People hadn't figured him out yet. Now they've figured him out. He's not turning it on. He can't do anything else. I think it's time to try and recoup our money from him. I think, Derek, he has been a, an ever-present in the team, hasn't he, really? Ever since he's came to Rangers, there's been a, a, a couple of periods that he's been out for a very short time and he's been back in and as you say for the last last season and this season he's just not really done anything for us has he you know that was the first goal that he scored and we went over it before so certainly if if he signs it shows that he is you know he's 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 been loyal to the club but i certainly think the you know with Kent, if we could get a half decent bid for him if he does sign then i would definitely sell him yeah i mean 
It was a big outlay. We're not probably going to get, his, especially the way he's played. He's, we're not going to recoup that seven million pound. But I think we need to try and balance, balance that out with Morelos, whatever we get with him. But I again, don't he's know. he's off the boil as well. So I don't know, Derek. I think that Kent's actually quite highly rated in England, especially in the likes of the Championship that still pay top money. So you never know. We'll just have to wait and see. Yes. So. Man cuts off his own penis in sleep while dreaming he was chopping meat. <laughs> a man in Ghana has cut his own penis and screwed him off in his sleep while dreaming that he was chopping meat, waking up in horror before calling neighbours for help. <laughs> Kofi Atta, a farmer in Asin Fossum in South Ghana, suffered critical injuries in the incident on the 12th of August. After dreaming about slaughtering a goat, the 47-year-old <laughs> woke up in shock after feeling sharp pains coming from his penis and scrotum. Now, this is going to go into his actual speak here and have typed it up exactly as it is, so you'll forgive me for this one. <laughs> but speaking to BBC Pigeon four days later... <laughs> I'm guessing that's the Ghanese okay. <laughs> BBC, I don't know. Atta said, I day sit inside chair where I doze off. So as I day sleep, I dream, I said, I cut meat in a way in front of me. Atta was taken to hospital for treatment, but said he may need surgery, which he'll need to raise the funds. Thankfully, while serious, his injuries are not thought to be life-threatening. <laughs> so, so do we know if poor Atta has actually managed to get his willy sewn back on then? Has there been a GoFundMe page set up for him, Derek? That's what I want to know. Unfortunately, it doesn't say. Oh, well. Yes, so... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. You'll just have to keep tuned to BBC Pigeon to find out, Derek. Yes. His wife had been travelling at the time, came home to find the sheer horror of seeing her husband bleeding holding his penis. (laughs) Okay. This can't be real because the, the, the writer of this article, her name is Jess Hardyman. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Derek, again, I don't know where uh, where do you get your stories from and I really don't want to know. No, I wouldn't, wouldn't even go there, Dave. <laughs> so, a very short podcast for, for our standards tonight and... You know, obviously a couple of games to cover and very, very little news. But, Dave, you're away gallivanting shortly, aren't you? I am, Derek. I'll be away uh, for two weeks as of Monday. So it's going to be about four games that we will have to cover when eventually when we get back. It might even be five. So, you know, uh, to the listeners out there, uh, enjoy the short pod because the next one will probably be a marathon, I think, <laughs> by the time we get back. Yeah, this is the difference between me and Dave. When I get away, I go away for a few days at a time. Dave goes away for like two and three weeks at a time. So you're fucking right. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, as ever, you can go to our website, or you can find our not updated website, which is iReadyPodcast.wordpress.com, and you can get all the other podcasts that we do from the usual podcast outlets. And I'll be obviously covering the next few post-match pods. Yes. Yes. So on that note, thanks for listening and goodbye. Take care, folks. Bye-bye. And the stadium erupts in red, white and blue. You've never seen anything like it. Let's go. Manchester, place your son. Manchester!
Pardon you. I couldn't speak there. It was I was needing that. Oh dear. 